Hello, Miss Fitz. Hello, Miss Bit. It's time for morning meeting. Okay. We are recording. Don't sound too excited. We are recording for Tuesday, May 19th after a nice long weekend. And we have a guest today. Yay, I'm so excited for this guest. Me too. We have a special fondness for this guest. Should we introduce her now? Yeah, we should. Okay, go for it. So this is Cami Pastor. She's a junior. Are you officially a junior now at Virginia Tech? It's a little complicated. I'm graduating <laughs> in three years, so technically I'm a senior, but I always stumble over it when I say it, and then people look at me funny. Oh, oh. sorry. So you should look at Cami funny is essentially what you take from this. And you might notice that we are, the three of us are very good friends. We traveled internationally together to speak at a conference in October, and there's just a special closeness that comes from that much time together. <laughs> And so we have a wonderful bond. So we're so excited to have Cammie on. But you'll notice we're a little silly. Thank you guys so much. And yes, I carried Kim's suitcase through the Heathrow airport. So I think we're forever bonded from that because the wheel was broke. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, Cammie, we are going to share the answer to our riddle from last week. What question can you never answer yes to? I think this is a tricky one. It's, are you asleep yet? <laughs> if you wanted to go morbid, you could also say, are you still alive? Mm. Or like, are you mute? <laughs> there are a few different That's ways, a good one. But, That's a good one. <laughs> but their answer was, are you asleep yet? All right. Why did the computer keep sneezing? Kami, I'm going to let you answer this one because we picked a computer science joke in your honor. Oh no, I feel like I have to get it right now. I it's a like joke, I so I don't think you're supposed to get it right. <laughs> I feel like I have to win humor. <laughs> I feel like it has something to do with a chew, but I don't know how that ties into a computer. Like it was a chew charging. <laughs> <laughs> That's very creative. It had a virus. Oh, but, um, <laughs> that's so much better. <laughs> you were really getting somewhere with the chew charging. Miss Fitz, do you have a bright spot? I do have a bright spot. Every year for my mother-in-law's birthday, we rent a bus and go on a wine tour. And all of the kids come in from all the different places where we live in order to celebrate the wonderful Jane. And this year, obviously, we can't come together and there's the wineries aren't open. And so we threw her a digital wine tour on Saturday. And so every set of kids was a different, I'm making air quotes, winery. And we were the sommeliers at the winery and we all made Jane-themed wine and had little signs and name tags. And it was so fun. It was ridiculous. And I was laughing so hard the whole time. But just getting to celebrate Jane, who I absolutely adore, and spend this time being like creative and silly with my family was so fun. I loved it. Wow, what a fun idea. It was Can really great. <laughs> yes, we no. made a custom wine label with a little like cartoon on it. It was a blast. Very cool. How about you? So we got to take our bikes on a rail trail this weekend. And, you know, I just love biking. You already know I love biking, mm -hmm. but we haven't been, we haven't had a way to get our bikes anywhere outside of Charlottesville. So we have a rack now that we can put it on and we can drive away. And so that was really cool. Oh, nice. Cammie, do you have a bright spot? I do. I had been thinking about this all day, what my bright spot was going to be. And I actually went to the dentist at 8 a.m. this morning because the only time they could fit me in because the dentist is now back open here oh, and wow. I was thought I was gonna say 
my bright spot is that even in the middle of this, now I'm finally excited to be able to go to the dentist. But I went and it was just as horrible as it always <laughs> is. So my bright spot is that even in the middle of the pandemic, we can still hate things like going to the dentist. <laughs> and you were the adult that went to the dentist when you needed to go instead of avoiding it. Ms. Fitz already mentioned that we went to MozFest in London together in October. And I know I've got lots of fond memories from that, lots of images of it, but I don't think I wrote about it. And one of the things you've started doing is journaling. Journaling is something that I've been thinking about for a long time. If you're like me, every single time you're on any social media, someone is talking about how writing has just provided the release that they've been looking for. And I was like, that sounds nice, but... I'm sort of not as organized as I'd like to be, and I don't have pretty handwriting, and I was just a little bit uncertain about how exactly I could be one of those people with the daily journals. But I think that during this pandemic, we've all been thinking about commemorating this time because it's such an unusual period of history that we're all living through. So I finally decided to bite the bullet and start a journal. And I think why it's been so impactful is that I've been thinking a lot about what it means to be a particular age, because even though we all may feel a million years old, whatever age we're at, me, I'm 20 right now, it's still pretty young. And I just don't want to lose so many of these emotions and perspectives that I have now at this age, because as we grow and change, I'm just going to see things differently. And now looking back on some of my elementary school and middle school adventures, I really wish that I could remember some of my childhood emotions relating to that. So I figured I might as well start now and I'm definitely not perfect at it. I journal once a week, sometimes twice a week if I can remember it, but it's just exciting to be able to record some of these moments that may seem small now, but actually are pretty influential. And I think I'll be really glad later in life that I've done this. I love that you mention perspective and remembering the feeling and like the size of the feelings that you have now. I am a weirdly childlike adult. That's just always been kind of the way my personality is. I, full disclosure, I'm wearing a narwhal costume as we record this. That's for teaching reasons, but like I wear it sometimes when I don't have to. But I find a lot of adults forget what it's like to be a kid and to have those feelings that are so big that don't necessarily have to do with your responsibilities, but have to do with just learning and discovering and feeling. And I feel like the more we can keep in touch with the feelings for the sake of feelings, the better adults we are. And journaling, I, I just love the way you describe that and the way you talk about keeping perspective and remembering the way you feel right now. Yeah, I know for myself, I didn't journal a whole lot when I was a kid, but there are some entries I made during particularly traumatic times. And I really appreciate going back and seeing that I was able to get over these times that at the time seemed like, you know, my world was falling apart, but you can't get over it. And so it's another way to go back and look. And then when I, I can't remember I started blogging, but I found blogging to be really that outlet for me. And I did it pretty religiously for a long time. Once I started teaching, it was harder to do, but I, I, I love that outlet. I'm glad you guys mentioned this idea of journaling or blogging being a way to deal with your own feelings. Cause I did a little bit of research about why scientifically writing these things down is actually good for you. And it's pretty much exactly that, that especially when you're younger, it really allows you to deal with some of these big feelings that maybe you haven't felt before, or they're a little bit too large for you to comprehend and deal with on your own. And being able to write that down gives you a way to sort of have a conversation with yourself and really be able to work that out. 
And at any age, I think that spending some time with yourself and thinking about what exactly you feel can be very important. Now, I've always seen myself as a failed journaler because I don't keep a diary or a spiral bound notebook, but I have been blogging and using social media as a way to record my feelings and experiences for years now. Do you think that counts? Yes. I think anything counts. It's very interesting now with social media that we we count this as just a way for us to put up, you know, images of ourselves and our dogs and our <laughs> friends, but it actually is sort of a, a time capsule and some real memories of our lives. Making me feel so good. I'm not a failed journal keeper. I'm a great <laughs> journal keeper. It's just digital. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, being your authentic self online is challenging sometimes. Yeah. Um, Amen to that. But yeah, I think it can definitely be a way to express yourself, especially if you're willing to be vulnerable and authentic. That reminds me, we've been talking also a little bit about failure and the ways that it can look from the outside, like someone is perfect or high achieving and on the inside, it doesn't necessarily feel that way. So when you talk about being your authentic self online, it makes me think about our conversation of being open to failure and, and sharing that with others. Yeah, I definitely agree. A failure is something I've been thinking a lot about. I'm a computer science major at Virginia Tech. And I think that a lot of my journey to get where I am at in college and to get to a point where I feel very confident with myself and my skills and my ability to get a good job out of college definitely has come a long way from when I was first entering the field. And one of the first computer science events I ever did was actually go to the Spark Hackathon at STAB. And I attended as a participant the first year that it ever happened. And, and you time, were a reluctant participant, were you not? Yes, very much was dragged in by my mother who was like, you're in a coding class, you can go to this event. And I was like, mom, no, I don't like it. And definitely did end up having a good time and learning a lot throughout the weekend of the hackathon, but even over my years working with the hackathon and ending up becoming an organizer and going on to work for the summer spark and really just allowed me to see my own growth and how I went from someone who shied away and assumed that everyone else knew more than me to being someone who could help others overcome that and sort of take initiative in their own learning and journey. I can't believe that you were a reluctant participant. I've never heard that story before. And I met you what must have been years later when you were organizing and running and just like owning the Spark Hackathon. So I would have thought that, that, that you just like barreled in and were like, it's cami time. That's incredible to me. That's wow. What an amazing transformation. I used to be a big humanities kid. I thought I wanted to be a creative writer forever. So my journey into computer science was very, very new. And I felt like everyone else had grown up with it. And I was like, what is a computer? And it's hard to dive into this with just 15 minutes, but we're going to have Cami back another time for a longer form conversation about how she combines. Because she, you are, you're so creative, Cami, in so many different ways. And you did not have to choose between that creativity and computer science. Do you have any advice for young people right now who might be struggling with feeling like uh, they're failing or, you know, having struggles and how they can face them? I think something that I would want to say to younger people is just that the way that we measure success in school usually has to do with perhaps how much knowledge someone already has on a subject, if they already knew coding, for example, or how quickly they can finish an assignment. But that's not an actual measure of intelligence. And just because someone knows something 
before you do doesn't mean they will always know it better. And that was a big lesson for me being like, just because some people grew up knowing that they wanted to do this and I'm just now starting this thing doesn't mean that we can't both be skilled in different ways. They might be better at this thing and I can be better at something else, but that doesn't mean that overall one of us has to be better or the winner or the best at this subject. Love that advice. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) There's enough for everybody. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how it works in the real world too. There's so many different types of programmers. There's people who do graphic design or design of apps, people who do data analytics. There's so many ways to go with this that everyone's skill has a place in the workforce. So we are actually going to have Zach Minster on tomorrow to talk about the future of SummerSpark because it's going to look a little bit different than when you were working with us. But can you just tell us a little bit about the experience of being part of Biomed Tech Girls and SummerSpark and maybe a little why they, why you would encourage others to consider? Of course. So I was fortunate enough to teach alongside Kim and Zach, who are pretty hefty role models to work with. But I learned so much from them and also from all the students who are participants. So Summer Spark is so cool to me because it's such a free form computer science camp. I actually attended one computer science camp when I was in middle school, I believe, and I honestly had a very bad time. And what I love so much about SummerSpark is that it's so student-driven, so you really get to focus on projects that are interesting to you and work on where your interests lie, but also there are enough lessons from the instructors that are actually relevant. So we're going to teach you something, and you're going to immediately be able to make part of a website, part of an app, you know, a piece of code that actually results in a tangible product for you. And that to me is so important, being able to take ownership of that and know that in only a week or a couple weeks, you're going to be coming out with actually more skill than you came in with. And you're going to be able to have fun and choose a project that's interesting to you. I saw kids make websites relating to their favorite rappers, relating to Magic the Gathering or Pokemon, all sorts of things. Anything that takes your interest you can use in this camp. And Biomed Tech Girls is a little bit different because it is a little more specific. So every year we focus on a specific disease and then work for the whole week on how to create technology that would help people who are suffering with this. I believe this year it is the coronavirus. Am I right, Ms. Bitt? It is going to, yes, it's dealing with viruses and how they work. and doesn't get much more real world than that. (laughs) No. (laughs) Two years ago when I was teaching at that, it was diabetes, type 1 diabetes. And I have a couple of close friends who have type 1 diabetes, but being able to hear from people who were their age or parents who had children with it, et cetera, I was very, very struck by the ins and outs of the disease and the emotions that go along with it and the technologies that are amazing and in progress to help make people's lives easier. That's something that I'm not very familiar with. I'm, I don't really interact at all with biomedical engineering. So I found myself learning so much from that. And I still remember so much of what I learned, even just being on the sidelines of that camp two years ago. So again, very topical. And I would definitely encourage kids to check that out. Cannot imagine anything more interesting than learning about viruses right now. I've obviously been there every year. This is going to be our seventh year, I believe. And Yeah, I learned so much going (laughs) along with the girls, learning about all the different things that we're exploring. We are going to talk more about how all this is going to look this summer. The basics that you mentioned are still there. It's just all going to be online this year instead of in person. 
So our daily challenge today is sort of related to how we offer challenges to the biomed tech girls. You want to talk about how we do that, Cami? So part one in this challenge is to think about what real world problem you would solve. Can be including technology or just anything that you've been thinking about lately, coronavirus related, not coronavirus related, just a big issue that you have a dream solution to. I want you to think about that and envision that solution and how technology plays a role in it. And then another part of this challenge is we have a resource that was shared at Girls Geek Day called, what was that called? Animals, Animals on, the go. on the Go. Yeah. And it's a way to think about problems that are affecting the animal community if you don't want to think of the human community and ways that you can deal with that. And there's a, a video tutorial and some resources there to consider how you could solve this problem. So we've got lots of resources that Cami has found for us on journaling and failure, and we'll share about the links to Summer Spark and Biomed Tech Girls. We'll give you a link to a couple of links to look at about solving a real world problem. And I think that brings us sadly to the end of this episode. It does. Thank you so much for joining us, Cami. Oh, it's been such a delight. Thank you guys. This podcast is so exciting and a great way to start my morning. Thank you. Kimmy has much more wisdom to share. So watch out because she will be on the podcast again sometime soon. You ready for your riddle for the day? Go for it. What is stuffed but never hungry? Hmm. Something for you to chew on. Oh, If you will. Nice. (laughs) All right. Until tomorrow. Tech, love, and happiness. 